0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome in to this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, let's take a moment to recap the Saints' early free agency moves, who they've signed and re-signed, who they've lost, and which in-house free agents are still available. We'll take a look through those names and why New Orleans seems to be taking their time as free agency rolls along. Then we'll also take a look at the best players still available on the open market, including some big-time players at some major positions of need for the New Orleans Saints. And finally, for our Twitter Tuesday, I asked Saints Twitter to drop some names for current free agents that would make an immediate impact on the roster if signed this offseason. We'll see who Saints fans want to see in the black and gold as we wrap up today's show. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, editor over at Kadowshik Chronicles.com, and your Tuesday co host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, it is our Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints as we continue through the week here. I wanted to take a moment to just sort of slow down and recap a little bit about what has gone on with the Saints free agency period thus far. Who have they kept? Who have they lost? And who is still out there in terms of in-house free agents that spent some time with the Saints last season? And why the Saints haven't necessarily been making any big moves so far this year? We can start off with a very short list of of players that they have signed that are not in-house free agents. The only new player that they've added so far this season has been former Carolina Panthers fullback Alex Arma. And we talked about all the different ways that he contributes to the team or could potentially contribute to this game team and why he seems like a fit at, you know, a young 26 years old has a lot of opportunities to develop his role with the Saints if he's able to stick around for quite some time but I wouldn't be surprised to see another fullback in and on the roster at some point leading up to training camp that ends up challenging and pushing at this position, maybe even a reunion with Michael Burton. But before we get into other in-house free agents that might be interesting for the Saints, let's take a look at who they've re-signed, retained, and have still in the building. So we'll start off, first of all, even though it was a franchise tag and he hasn't officially signed any long-term deal, he has now signed the franchise tag, therefore Marcus Williams is a New Orleans Saint, in the 2021 season. And then, of course, the intent with Marcus Williams is to reach a new deal, a long-term deal, to get him to stay in New Orleans for the foreseeable future. And of course, by doing that, the Saints would save some salary cap space by dropping the first year of that contract to a more manageable amount than the $10.6 million franchise tag that While, you know, albeit is pretty reasonable, especially at the safety position, is still not what the Saints want to be paying right now as they try to free up some salary cap space to continue building their team. A couple of other players they've retained, JT Gray, former second team all pro just a couple of years ago, Dwayne Washington, core special teamer, as well as one of their uh, sort of staples in the backfield at the running back position. Big news with them re-signing Jameis Winston and keeping him in New Orleans on a $5.5 million base salary deal that can go up to $12 million with incentives. They, of course, did that after losing Drew Brees, who announced his retirement a little bit over a week ago, 15 years to the day of signing in New Orleans, a very poetic way to go about that. The Saints also re-signed offensive lineman James Hurst, which was a big deal for the Saints in terms of maintaining offensive line depth and a key sixth offensive lineman, one that they deploy very often, and the Saints also retained P.J. Williams on a one-year $2.3 million deal, which includes a little bit of a signing bonus there, $600,000 for that bonus. So all good signings so far for the Saints, but who are some of the in-house free agents they weren't able to maintain? One of the biggest that you're always going to hear about here as we continue to go through the offseason is Justin Hardy, who signed a three-year deal with the New York Jets. That was a big deal for the Saints to lose him. They will actually see Justin Hardy in the green and white later on this season, and he won't be alone. He'll also be with former Saint Sheldon Rankins, who signed a two year, $17 million deal with the New York Jets as well. Malcolm Brown was traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars in return for a seventh round pick. Jared Cook, Janoris Jenkins, and Emmanuel Sanders all signing with new teams as well. Emmanuel Sanders and Janoris Jenkins, also with the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans respectively, will be seeing the Saints again. In the 2021 season, the Saints also lost Trey Hendrickson on a four-year deal to the Cincinnati Bengals and tight end Josh Hill, reuniting with his former tight end coach Dan Campbell, who is now the head coach with the Detroit Lions. Now, as we look at all of those, should also take a look at some of the in-house free agents that the Saints have lost but are still currently on the market and therefore are candidates to return to New Orleans at any time as the Saints could look to resign them. Leading off this list, of course, Quan Alexander and Nick Easton, two players that make sense to return to the New Orleans Saints if they're healthy, but are also battling their own respective injuries on the way. So we'll have to sort of wait, sit back, and just sort of see how that whole situation goes. There are also some special teamers out there that could be of interest to the New Orleans Saints, particularly if they struggle with any special teams players throughout training camp. Thomas Morstead, if there's any issues with Blake Gilligan and he's still on the market, Morstead could potentially get a call back. Craig Robertson, the linebacker and core special teamers, a player that the Saints have utilized as their special teams captain for quite some time. He could see his name called again. Johnson Batamosi, another player that the Saints have relied on when it comes to special teams. DJ Swearinger, Michael Burton, Ken Crawley, Benjamin Fowler, excuse me, Benny Fowler. All of those players have special teams value and are players that could eventually get a phone call to return to New Orleans at some time throughout the offseason as well. Another linebacker that's still on the market, formerly of the New Orleans Saints, Alex Anzalone. Didn't sound like there was too much uh, love there from Alex Anzalone the last time we heard him on a podcast sort of talking around or about the New Orleans Saints quite a bit. Of course, the Saints traded for Quan Alexander right in the middle of the season and replaced him as their starting linebacker next to Demario Davis. So it would make a little bit of sense if there's some animosity there. The Saints also have a pair of tight ends on the market in Cole Wick and Jason Vanderlaan, Lil Jordan Humphrey, wide receiver that they've brought back a couple of times that they've spent some time with. So we could potentially see him make a return. And then also Cameron Tom, who at least at the moment technically is on a future reserve deal with the Miami Dolphins. So there are still some players out there that make a little bit of sense. and could potentially return. The one that makes the most sense to me is Quan Alexander, depending upon how the Achilles injury heals up. But if he is even at 80% himself, there might be a good reason to bring him back, even as a backup if they're able to get him on a little bit of a discounted deal since he's coming off of the injury. Uh, now, when you look outside of New Orleans, not a lot of moves being made for the Saints in terms of guys that aren't on the team. Like I mentioned, it was just Alex Armor, the fullback that they signed from the Carolina Panthers. Outside of that, looks like the Saints are really focusing in and staying home right now and really working on you know, whatever type of a long-term deal they can get done with players like Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and Ryan Ramchick. But if they get any of those deals done, it does open up some opportunities for them to be able to bring in some additional players. There are also a couple of other potential cap-saving moves as well, like Patrick Robinson and uh, Latavius Murray, who could both be cut to save around $4.3 million combined, which is enough to sign, you know, a player with a decent first-round deal and also fill out some roster spots in the 90-man roster. But I think the Saints are taking their time here because this is what they've always done. They never rush to go and spend money in free agency. They wait and they try to make smart moves later on in the free agency period as the second and third waves of free agency begin to settle in. And that's about where we are now. So we'll see what the Saints are able to do in terms of getting these extensions done with, of course, take more than just one side, right? The other side needs to agree to a contract. So we'll see if they're able to get that done and then get a little bit more active in the market. And if they are, We should take a look at some of the best players still available and on the open market that the Saints could potentially bring in to have an impact. We'll take a look at some of those names here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And while things may not feel very clear when it comes to the way that the Saints are approaching free agency, one thing is absolutely clear, and that's who you should be trusting when it comes to putting down your bets on all the sports action out there. It's our friends over at betonline.ag, our exclusive betting partners, because the football season may be over for now, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are still in full swing, and the MLB is right around the corner, and BetOnline has you covered in all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place all your bets, and best of all, it is free to sign up at betonline.ag. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all. Thank you once again for joining us for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Don't forget to get all the sports news that you need in less time with the Locked on Today podcast. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. So we talked a little bit about what the Saints have done in free agency so far, which admittedly isn't a ton in terms of signing outside free agents. They've been focusing more inward, sticking to the insular approach that they've done really since about 2017 or so. And uh, you know what? That's worked for them. So the other thing that has worked for them is going into the second, third waves of free agency and really starting to build the team from there. And our good friend Mike Clay, Mike Clay NFL on Twitter, has done a a very good job every season at putting out sort of the unrestricted free agency cheat sheet, which also gives you an idea of unit grades per team. And so if you look across the New Orleans Saints here, the Saints are ranked 16th overall 10th in defense but 19th in offense. So 1.1 being a low grade, uh you can sort of see this range going anywhere from 0 to 4.0 basically is like A to F essentially is the what you're looking at in terms of uh, of these grades. And so for New Orleans, they've sitting around like a low D right now when it comes to quarterback. When it comes to wide receiver and when it comes to tight end over in the offensive side, they're sitting at about a B plus when it comes to running back as well as offensive line. Now, they are uh, a hardcore F when it comes to defensive interior right now, and they're kind of middling very close to being in C conversation when it comes to cornerback. With a 1.9. So they're right on the cusp there. And then you can see them around two and a half, three and a half in terms of their grades when it comes to edge, linebacker, and safety. I think that Clay has a little bit more trust in a linebacker and maybe the younger linebackers than I do right now. I feel like linebacker is a place where you have like a warm body. Go ahead and put them there and then see if they're any improvement right now next to Demario Davis because you've lost the two guys with starting experience that can fill that role for you right now. But obviously, uh, with a 2.5 here and essentially a little bit of a high C, Clay actually feels pretty good about what the Saints may have in their younger talent there. But it seems that the biggest positions that need to be addressed at the moment are the 0.5, which is the half grade, the F there for defensive interior, and then you see a 1.1 for both tight end and for quarterback. Now, we know that quarterback, a part of that is just going to be figuring it out during training camp, so we're not going to worry about that. But if we look at this defensive interior class that's still available on the market, there's actually some pretty good players here. Geno Atkins, Jarrell Casey, there's a potential to try to get in Dominican Sue again after the Saints tried to sort of woo him a few years ago to no avail as he went and signed with the Los Angeles Rams and then won a Super Bowl ring last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Daquan Jones out of Tennessee, Lawrence Guy out of New England, and Kwan Short out of Carolina. All very good players. And you can continue to go down this list as well and still find some serviceable players that could potentially be cheaper and can be a little bit further down. You can find Jaleel Johnson. You can look at a guy like Danny Shelton. You can go even further down and go Xavier Williams. Excuse me. So there are still some pretty interesting names all throughout here and still some that are at the top of this list that wouldn't break the bank for the Saints, but could help shore up a little bit with a veteran presence at that three-tech position in particular. You've got David Onyamata, who, as a general consensus, has been somebody that has played a couple of times throughout his last couple of seasons, is like one of the best defensive tackles in football. So you're very pleased with what he brings you. Now you just want to find the right complement to him as a penetrating three-tech type of player like Sheldon Rankins was. You don't want to wait all the way to the draft to do that, although you can, but there's still some potential good options here in free agency. And Dominic King-Sue probably being the least likely out of those because he doesn't really fit the mold of what you're looking for. But a guy like Kawan Short definitely could make sense there. Now let's take a look at the offensive side. Remember, the defense still ranked as the 10th best in the NFL, but the offense was ranked all the way down to the 19th best. Uh, Tight end was one of the positions that was listed there. I I do think that the Saints could go to the tight end market. And work to find another veteran complement to go with an otherwise very young tight end group right now, which features only Adam Troutman, who's going into his second year, Garrett Griffin, who's played mostly off of the practice squad as well as as a reserve player at the position. And then, of course, Ethan Wolf, who came in and really just spent last year in the practice squad with the New Orleans Saints, although he has some developmental traits and size that the Saints do like. He's still very young and there's still a lot to learn about him, but you still have a tight end market that includes, just to read off a couple of top names. Jordan Reed, Trey Burton, Tyler Eifert, Jesse James, Darren Fells, and there's of course more guys toward the bottom of that list as well as you continue to roll through, but there's, those are kind of your top five that are listed on Mike Clay's cheat sheet here, and those are all pretty good names that you could potentially bring in that could help to complement and help develop this younger core of tight ends you can look over at the wide receiver position and see that there's also, even though some of like my favorite targets are off the board, like Rashad Higgins, like Brashad Perryman, who went and signed with the Detroit Lions. You could even go Curtis Samuel, who signed with the Washington football team. There's still some very good players left on this list, including some that a lot of Saints fans were interested in just last year, like Adam Humphreys, who's coming out of Tennessee. Now he has some injury issues, but if he stays healthy, then all of a sudden you have a really reliable slot receiver that can make touch, tough catches for you over the middle. And then you put Traquan Smith over to the outside opposite uh, Michael Thomas, which was originally sort of what he was drafted to be and do anyway. You can also see another player that Saints fans really, really liked and you know got some talk around trades as well as a couple of off seasons ago. And Golden Tate, Golden Tate, a wide receiver who you know was relieved of his duties from the New York Giants after or, or as they decided to upgrade all of their skill position players, he could be somebody with a very interesting fit in New Orleans as well. There's also a couple of other options, veteran options like Sammy Watkins, T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, and Chris Conley as well. And then, you know, you can roll down through this list and find folks pretty far toward the bottom like Marquise Goodwin, Marquise Lee. There's some really, really interesting potential fits for the team, Isaiah McKenzie out of Buffalo that each could find a way to contribute as soon as they land in New Orleans and in Sean Payton's offensive system. So there's still some interesting names out there. I know that the Saints haven't been super active just yet. Again, probably shouldn't expect them to be because they're gonna focus in on their guys first. But hey, if they get those those extensions done, if they make a couple of other you know, cap saving roster moves. And all of a sudden they're on the market and they're ready to make some deals here. And it seems that there are a lot of really good names out there. still. I'd even get to the edge rusher class, which includes like Melvin Gordon, for instance, or excuse me, Melvin Ingram, for instance. So still some very, very good players out on the market. Nothing to be too concerned about just yet, as there are still some deals to be made that could potentially make a big difference for the Saints as they enter the 2021 season. We'll talk a little bit more about who Saints fans think that those players can be as we go into our Twitter Tuesday segment. Put the question out Who are some of the players that you believe could immediately make an impact in the black and gold? We'll look at who Saints fans want to see in those colors and in that number, marching into the 2021 season here in just a moment. But before we get to that, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com, one of my favorite sites to get everything taken care of for my automobile that I don't want to waste my time going to. A brick and mortar sort of chain store and getting upcharged for a bunch of stuff because I'm not a wholesale person because I'm a do-it-yourselfer instead. And it's kind of easy to figure, you know, some things out if you're a little bit more comfortable and you've you've done at least a little bit of work before. A nice little YouTube tutorial will get you taken care of. Some stuff just comes easily as well. I mean, look, uh, Luke Braun over at Locked On NFL today shared the story about how he needed to get a gas cap because his his uh, check engine light was starting to turn on. It was because his gas cap was loose because it was broken. So he ended up getting a new one from rockauto.com. Didn't have to leave his house. Just ordered it from his living room, waited, showed up a couple days later, went ahead, switched it out, no big deal. So not everything requires you having to go to those brick and mortar chain stores. They're going to upcharge you for everything, every step you take, and every person you look at in the store. You don't have to worry about any of that with rockauto.com. It's a family business. and They've been helping to take care of auto parts customers for 20 years online. So go and check them out. And don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On in the how to Hear About a section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, y'all, March Madness continues to roll along and so does our Built Bar bracket over at builtbar.com and at bar underscore built on Twitter as well as we try to figure out which is the best tasting Flavor of the best tasting protein bar. Each one of these bars, of course, covered in 100% chocolate, but they're low calorie, low sugar, high in fiber, and high in protein to get you taken care of with all the good stuff that you need to keep you going throughout the day. Today's matchup coconut brownie chunk as well as lemon almond cheesecake. The coconut brownie chunk was definitely one that a lot of people got very excited about. It's a new flavor, people are really loving it, but I'm going to stick. With lemon almond cheesecake here, it's hard for me to pass up anything lemon flavored. So that's my vote for today. Go ahead and cast your vote at BuiltBar.com and check out the brackets over there. And of course, go ahead and grab yourself a box of Built Bars and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order over at BuiltBar.com. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And of course, don't forget to check back to see who wins the best tasting protein bar. Let's get it, hoodad Nation. Don't forget, we have our pair of NFL draft shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NFL Draft for all of your mock drafts and everything you need to know in terms of prospect and positional rankings. And then Draft Dudes, who give you a little bit more of a film and analytics approach. So go and check out Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the radio.com app wherever you get your podcast. So as we wrap up today's episode, we talked a little bit about what the Saints did with their with their uh, free agency so far and what they've done so far over the offseason. We also took a look at some of the available names on the market. And then I wanted to get a little bit more specific. Who were the players that Saints fans believed could immediately make a difference for the New Orleans Saints if they were to sign them here, entering the second wave, second week, of free agency. So let's go ahead and jump into some of these. We got at Hudat in Buffalo, Dave Winker here, who mentions both Melvin Ingram on the defensive side, as well as Isaiah McKenzie. Now, Melvin Ingram, to me, isn't obvious, right? You need another pass rusher. You go and grab a veteran guy that's proven he's probably going to you know, need a little bit of money, but you don't really know how the contracts are working out so far. You're into the second phase of free agency. These guys are not getting signed. They're going to be looking for a one-year deal to get back onto the market next year could the Saints end up being one of the teams that takes advantage of that and gets a player at a an unprecedented price because of the team that they offer around? There's potential there. Isaiah McKenzie, very interesting player. Only five foot eight, 173 pounds, a little bit of a utility player. He's got nine touchdowns so far in his career since so coming into the league. He ran a four four one if I remember correctly coming into the league. So he's a shifty, fast, smaller guy. Kind of reminiscent of Deontay Harris a little bit. He's got six receiving touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, uh, two rushing touchdowns excuse me in his career, and one punt return touchdown, an 84 yarder that he brought back last season while he was with the Buffalo Bills. So he's a very interesting piece that could potentially be another dynamic for the Saints if they want to add another one of those smaller, shiftier guys that could do a little bit of everything on the offensive side and contribute via special teams. Our good friend Brian Abel here at Ogrejob on Twitter, he mentioned that getting Richard Sherman in the building and having he and Chris Richard teach and work together and mentor up some of these younger players, especially if the Saints go into the draft and grab a defensive back as well could be the best way to move forward. And I agree. I do think that that's a very interesting way to move forward. I've broken down before why I'm sold on the idea of Richard Sherman. I think Richard Sherman gets a bad rap for just being a quote unquote zone corner because he happens to be smart. But if you put him in the right system and put the right pieces around him, if you want him to run zone, he'll run zone. You want him to run man, he'll run man. And you've added Chris Richard, who should also elevate the zone capabilities of the other defensive backs and allow Dennis Allen to get back to playing a little bit more of the cover three slash cover three match scheme that we've seen him play over the course of uh, you know the last few seasons as well, even though they really had a little bit of an uptick in man coverage last year, which Norris Jenkins and Marshall Lattimore at the cornerback positions. Now, Trick Pick gives us a little something here at Trick Pick on Twitter, P I uh, K. Quan, Quan Alexander. He has hopes that they're going to be able to convince Quan to come back to a locker room that he clearly loved for less money and a chance to compete. And I understand the Achilles is a concern, right? And we also have J Mac at Cajun underscore potato that came in and said that, hey, the Achilles is a concern. And I get that. I believe that. But if you're able to get him on a cheap enough deal that it all makes sense, particularly a non guaranteed deal, so that it all makes sense and then gives him an opportunity to come in and try to prove himself with the course over the course of camp and then maybe the contract locks in or he becomes one of those guys that you sign and then you release and then re-sign after week 1 so that the contract is non-guaranteed that's an easy way around for the New Orleans Saints and that's a way that they can go ahead and get Quan Alexander DeMario Davis back together again and see how it all pans out how has Quan Alexander healed up by that time I think they should absolutely roll the dice and get a look at it because it's honestly going to be a low risk, high reward type of a situation, just like the trade was. Next, we'll go to Dizzle at WinDizzle underscore underscore on Twitter. Golden Tate on offense, Davian Clowney on defense. We talked a bit about Golden Tate in the last segment. I do agree Golden Tate could be very interesting in a Saints uniform. Genevion Clowney is somebody that I actually do like as well. The Saints are really in on him trying to figure out a way to rewrite the NFL rule books to get him in New Orleans last season. Could you get him in New Orleans this season on a way less risky deal than giving up $10 million for him and giving him one year to come in, work opposite uh, you know uh, Cam Jordan and in rotation with Marcus Davenport, and then put himself in a position to where he can make some plays, and actually end up maybe potentially putting himself in a position where he can get a better contract next year if he's able to stay healthy. And I know a lot of people looked at Jadavion Clowney in the Tennessee Titans system and said, oh, well, look, the Saints dodged a bullet there because he was hurt and then he didn't have any. It just didn't really work out for him in Tennessee. But honestly, there were a lot of players that ended up in Tennessee that it didn't work out for. So, I mean, how much of that is Jadavion Clowney and how much of that was just that it was a system that didn't work for him, right? You have a lot of players that it does work for in Tennessee, of course, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to work for everyone. Could you see JV and Clowney finding more success in a Dennis Allen run system and in the New Orleans Saints system as a part of a rotation? Sure. And especially, again, if you're able to get him on this sort of COVID deal, quote unquote, where you're getting the low first round or the low one year deal to give him an opportunity to get back out on the market next year, that could be good. We'll go next to Lucas Kitts at Lucas uh, 1300K. Uh, Would love to see Trey Burton in the black and gold too. Probably wouldn't have a huge effect, but could mentor Big Fish. A little Big Fish, of course, being Adam Troutman. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Hefker here at Michael Hefker. Defense number one, Malcolm Butler. Yes, we've seen the Saints in on him before. Another perfect example of maybe a little bit more of a man-focused veteran cornerback that you could bring in that could be a good compliment to uh, Marshawn Lattimore and be a good leader for the young secondary. Number two, he lists Richard Sherman. We just talked about him. Number three, reuniting with Alex Okafor. There could be some real interesting opportunities there for the Saints to be able to realign themselves with a guy that actually was very effective for them for two seasons before he ended up signing a nice deal in Kansas City, get him back operating opposite Cam Jordan against and in rotation with Marcus Davenport. Essentially puts everybody in a position where they feel pretty comfortable with one another and at number four, KJ Wright. You want a veteran linebacker to come in and help lead the defense. KJ Wright is a perfect example. And I'm actually kind of shocked that he's still up on the board right now. And then on offense, you got a couple of wide receivers named here. Sammy Watkins, uh, Sammy Watkins, excuse me, Adam Humphries, and then Antonio Brown as options. Lucas Kitts also names one more wide receiver. In T.Y. Hilton, we get another receiver from James Tabor who mentions D.D. Westbrook. A few more names to watch from Sippen at Brian Fike on Twitter. He mentioned uh, defensive in Justin Houston, defensive tackle Kawan Short and linebacker Eric Wilson. And then we get a really good one from our good friend Jacoby at 2Kobe2 on Twitter with LJ Ford. LJ Fort's a really interesting guy. Only six foot, 230 pounds, but, you know, is built pretty solidly and does a lot of things pretty well. He did the whole circuit of the AFC North playing with all four teams up there. Also spending some time with Seattle and Philadelphia. Not one of those guys that does any one thing super well. Had 53 total combined tackles last season with Baltimore. Also had a couple of uh, passes defense, the forced fumble, a handful of sacks over the course of his career. Less than a double digit, never really got into double digits when it came to his missed tackle percentage, with the exception of the couple of games that he spent with the Baltimore Ravens in 2019 before returning to them in 2020. And a lot of folks are actually pretty mad at the Ravens for not picking up the option on Fort and letting him hit the the market. Maybe he's somebody that the Saints could end up profiting on as well. So there you have it. Those are the folks that a lot of Saints fans believe could make a difference in New Orleans. Still a lot of names out there and a lot of potential impact for the Saints in free agency. And we'll continue to keep you up to date with all of it here on Locked on Saints. And tomorrow on Wednesday, we'll get to our midweek mock. We'll check in and see a couple of expanded mock drafts, a couple of three round mock drafts out there as well, and take a look at what some folks are starting to see for the New Orleans Saints. And then, of course, fingers crossed, any roster news will have you covered there as well all throughout the rest of the week, Monday through Friday, here on Locked on Saints. We appreciate you, as always, for coming through. Have a fun and safe Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Ross N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints, and trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.